babes. Guess what? We have a new segment on the block. It is Wednesday, and that means that we are launching the newest segment of the Bay Bay of Podcasts called Women to Watch, where I sit down and chat with some of the most badass babes in their industry, babes that are blazing some trails, also some babes that are really just getting some shit done and following their dreams and jumping into their passion projects. So I'm so excited that you guys are here to listen on an additional episode this week. And uh, stay tuned and make sure to follow them on social media when you're done um, and give them all the support that they deserve. Thank you so much. And I can't wait for you guys to see who's up next. Hey, babes. Welcome to episode number 22 of the Babe AF podcast. I am your host, Jess, and I am coming to you live from just mowing the yard like the boss that I am in 100 degree heat, and I am exhausted already. Um, My husband has challenged me to do 100 push-ups every day this month, and I have yet to do them today. So shortly after this episode is recorded and uploaded and edited, I'm going to go do that. So I hope you guys are having an amazing day. If you celebrated the 4th of July, I hope you had a lovely time. If you stayed home and rested um, and said, fuck the patriarchy, I get it. Um, But I wanted to come to you guys today and chat about something that has not been recently overturned, but still needs some help with uh, the equality um, with Title IX and women's athletics. So in just a minute, after I let the banner dog out, we're going to dive in to some details. So bear with me. All right, babes. Thank you so much for your patience. And I went ahead and slid an ad in there right now so that we get that over with and get down to the goods ahead of us. So I am chatting with you guys today about Title IX because it is not only the 50th anniversary of it going into effect um, with um, federal civil rights laws. Um, I just, there's a new podcast out and... I've been listening to it, and I love it, so I'll give you guys that information later on in the show notes. Um, But for those of you who don't know, and thanks to Wikipedia, the world's coolest free encyclopedia, Title IX is the most commonly used name for the federal rights law in the United States of America that was passed as part of the Education Amendments of 1962. It prohibited sex based discrimination in any school or any other educational program that receives funding from the federal government. This is public law number 92-318,86, stat 235, as of June 23rd, 1972, codified at 20 USC. I have no idea what the fuck that means, but I'm just gathering that's the public law number. It's really long. Okay, so how did it happen? Um, Senator Birch Bayh wrote the 37 word words of Title IX. Bayh first introduced an amendment to the Higher Education Act to ban discrimination on the basis of sex on August 6, 1971, and again on February 28, 1972, when it passed the Senate. Representative Edith Green, chair of the Subcommittee on Education, had held hearings on discrimination against women and introduced legislation in the House 
on May 11, 1972. The full Congress passed Title IX on June 8, 1972. So just a little bit over a month ago as you're listening to this episode. Or <laughs> 50 years and one month ago. Uh, with attempts to weaken Title IX, Representative Patsy Mink emerged as the leader in the House to protect the law, and it was renamed the Patsy T. Mink Equal Opportunity in Education Act, following Mink's death in 2002. When Title IX was passed in 1972, only 42% of the students enrolled in American colleges were female. The purpose of the Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972 was to update the Title VIII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which banned several forms of discrimination in employment, but did not address or mention discrimination in education. So contrary to popular belief, the creation of Title IX has nothing to do with sports, which is exactly what I thought it did. So that is interesting. It's in regards to education and not necessarily wholeheartedly how to do with sports. That is interesting. I had no idea. So I went ahead and just um, looked up some amazing women that are doing great things um, around the globe with being a Title IX trailblazer. And I just figured that there would be like a list of amazing women that were doing great. But because it's based on education, literally almost every college website in the whole entire world um, popped up. So this is the first one that I saw. This is actually from St. Olaf College. Um, And it is an article for Campus and Community. And it states, Title IX turns 50, a conversation with two trailblazers. So this June marks the 50th anniversary of Title IX, the landmark law prohibiting sex-based discrimination. After Title IX went to effect on June 23, 1972, educational programs that received federal money had to demonstrate compliance with non-discriminatory practices. And while the law was not created specifically to address inequality in athletes, coaches, and athletics, it quickly realized its potential to change the life in, to create change in sports. Sorry. Um, During the Women's History Month this March, St. Olaf College Vice President for Equity and Inclusion, Maria Pabon Gutierrez hosted a virtual conversation with two women who were trailblazers on campus in the early days of Title IX, Jeannie Foley of 75 and Aldra Henry Allison of 77. So Foley's first few years at St. Olaf coincided with the implementation of Title IX, which changed the trajectory of her life. She came to St. Olaf intending to play in the St. Olaf band and major in music, but she found herself a band of sisters on the basketball and softball teams that defined her time on the Hill and led to a career coaching Division I basketball. Love that for her. Allison started at St. Olaf a few years after Foley, and they were teammates on the women's basketball team. Allison was a member of the women's track and field team, and in addition to her involvement in athletics, she was a president of the Cultural Union for Black Expression, or called CUBE, and a member of the Political Action Committee. Foley and Allison are a part of a group of OLS. That's what the mascot is for St. Olaf College. Um, When connection to the college is so strongly tied to their pioneering role in women's athletics that they turned returned to St. Olaf for reunion weekend in 2019. They didn't do so as members of their graduating classes. They did so as a part of a reunion group that they simply dubbed the Trailblazers. 
When you looked around and heard people's stories, it was clear that we were pioneer, pioneers and a lot more than just sports, Foley says. After four years of playing varsity sports at St. Olaf while majoring in math and physics, Foley set off on a 10-year career as a college basketball coach. She served as an assistant coach at the University of Wyoming, Michigan Tech, Michigan State University, and the University of Michigan, earning two master's degrees along the way. She spent the final years of her coaching career as the head coach at Princeton University, where she became a charter member of the Women's Basketball Coaches Association in 1983. In, in 1984, Foley returned to MSU for a PhD in physiology, putting her math and physics background from St. Olaf to work during research using magnetic resonance spectroscopy, wow, and imaging to study the regulation of energy metabolism in skeletal muscle. Way more above my pay grade. Ha! After a year as a postdoctoral fellow, she accepted a research and teaching position at MSU, um, earning tenure in 1996, and as well as induction as fellow in the American College of Sports Medicine. She switched gears yet again in 2002, heading to the University of Wisconsin at Stout to teach mathematics. She retired from Stout in 2016 as a professor of mathematics and the director of Math Teaching and Learning Center. She and her wife, Catherine, now reside on a peaceful lake in Minnesota where Foley keeps busy biking, hiking, and photography, photographing, photographing the nearby wildlife. Holy macaroni. Okay. Allison majored in political science at St. Olaf and later earned a certificate in real estate development from the University of Southern California and a certificate in construction management from California State University, Dominguez Hills. She led a highly successful career in the field of housing and community development for more than 40 years, and she retired from her role as the city of Pasadena's first-time homebuyer and rehab program coordinator. In addition to her work, Allison volunteered her time to serve a number of community organizations. She was honored by the NAACP Image Award for Community Service, and she was elected as the first vice president for the Los Angeles NAACP in 1989. She currently serves on the St. Olaf Alumni Board and the boards of the Friendship Community Development Corporation and the Women's Missionary Society of First African Methodist Episcopal or Fame of Pasadena. She is also a past board member of the both Ross Program for Develop Real Development at USC and a community advisory board for Crenshaw Limert Redevelopment Area. It says Allison and Foley share more about their experiences at St. Olaf and their trailblazing role as women in male-dominated career fields and the work that remains to fulfill the promise of Title IX in their Women's History Month conversation with Pabon. And here is the full conversation. Let me see how long it is first. Oh, y'all, it's an hour. <laughs> I'll just link the video if you guys want to watch it. Um, next up, some younger babes are coming to blaze some trails. So hold tight one sec. All right. So even though we've already discovered that Title IX is not just specific to sports, um, I'm going to pivot there because the first part of the episode, we talked about um, Foley and Allison and um, how they had great impacts on education. Um, and now I'm going to shift a little bit to athletics and I don't know if you've been living under a rock, <laughs> but I am a huge fan of sports, married a sports writer, played college golf, love watching baseball, basketball, football, golf, all of the things, uh, women and men included. And 
um, I found this gal um, on TikTok um, in the middle of the pandemic. Sorry, I've been trying to kill this fly. Um, in the middle of the pandemic, I found her on TikTok and I am so excited to share some videos from her and just some appearances of her on um, general television. So if you don't know who I'm talking about, it is Sedona Prince. She is amazing. And um, she actually did a segment on Good Morning America with Dominique Dawes, an Olympic gymnast legend, um, who they're basically doing great things to blaze their own trails as well. And so the article is um, actually, it's called Her Story Lessons, Title IX in the Fight for Women's Equality in Sports. And um, they're looking to the future for equality for female athletes. So I'm going to play the video right now. Attention passengers, as a reminder, during your flight, we will have Wi-Fi available for an extra fee. I didn't budget for that. Show won't download. And to those traveling abroad, you could rack up some pretty expensive data charges. So no GPS? Everything I need is in the cloud! How are we supposed to survive without this? Staying connected shouldn't be so hard. At T-Mobile, we think about coverage differently. Get full flight Wi-Fi on us now with streaming and high-speed data on us in 210 plus countries and destinations. Whether you're in the air or on the ground, we've got you covered. So for the NCAA March Madness, the biggest tournament in college basketball for women, this is our weight room. Let me show you all the men's weight room. Do you remember this video? Well, it's mine. I'm Sharna Prince, and I play in the NCAA for the University of Oregon. When I first shared that video, all I was trying to do was start a conversation around women's sports. I was just trying to be a reporter behind the scenes and show what was truly going on what were the inequalities that we were facing at this tournament. And I had no idea that it would get the coverage that it got, but I'll get back to that. Let's take it back in time to when most American girls and women were not encouraged to play sports at all. In the 1960s, less than 4% of women were playing sports in high school and college. But in 1972, that changed. Title IX of the Education Amendments passed. Title IX protects people from discrimination based on sex and education programs or activities that receive federal financial assistance. That started a snowball effect. Teens were popping up in schools across the country for the first time. And today, more than 40% of women play high school or college level sports. It makes me wonder what it would have been like to be an athlete in this groundbreaking era when women were able to unleash their full potential of athletic power. So I'm going to ask Olympic gymnastic legend Dominique Dawes, a.k.a. Awesome Dawson, to take us there. Growing up in the 1970s, my generation became known as the Title IX Babies. We were the first generation who grew up under this new law. It was a blessing to be growing up as a Title IX baby. We had opportunities. We got to see women play sports and have an opportunity ourselves to be able to participate and not just be on the sidelines. In 1994, thanks to Title IX, I was able to sign a full athletic scholarship to Stanford University. However, soon thereafter, I decided to go pro and compete for two different Olympic Games. And I witnessed the explosion of women dominating in sports. This was most apparent during the 1996 Olympic Games, which was monumental for American women. Women's beach volleyball, mountain biking, softball, and women's soccer made their debut. 
It was a dream come true in 1996 to be a part of the Magnificent Seven, being the first ever U.S. women's gymnastics team to win a gold medal. What I remember most was standing on the podium and I had my hand over my heart and my heart was beating as fast as it had ever be beat in my whole life at that time. Singing the national anthem, looking over at the stands, looking for my mom, my dad, my sister, and my brother, and reliving the 13-year journey that it took to get there. Being the first African-American female to win a gold medal at the time and also the first African-American female to win an individual medal with a bronze on the floor exercise, I was able to relive that 13-year journey, the blood, sweat, the tears, the toll, and the sacrifice that it took to get there. And it wasn't just us who broke records. These games saw a total domination by women for Team USA, bringing home gold in women's soccer, softball, and you hear that, Sedona? Women's basketball. Hey, that's the same year the WNBA was created. Coincidence? I think not. This was undeniable proof that as women, we were destined for greatness in athletics. All we needed was the opportunity and our culture to support us. I've defended Title IX to Congress and continue to push for inclusion in sports. I think it's important to speak out when there is any level of inequity, that if a young girl is not getting the same opportunities of a young boy, you're telling a young girl, you're sending a message to her that she doesn't matter or her dreams are not important or significant. My focus now is on mental health and the toxic pressures that athletes have to undergo. That's why I founded my own gym to cultivate a safe environment for athletes, the Dominique Dawes Gymnastics and Ninja Academy. And take it from Sedona, who has shown how Title IX has fallen short and is fighting for women's equality in sports right now. Fast forward to today. My viral TikTok video showed the difference between the men's and women's weight room in March Madness last year. But guess what? That wasn't a violation of Title IX because the NCAA championship games are not federally funded. And for me, it kind of breaks my heart to see that after 50 years of Title IX being around, a TikTok video from a 20-year-old um, has started a massive investigation. But it does show the power of social media and the power of all the support behind women's sports and how much change we can actually do. Even with Title IX in place, women are still not given the same opportunities. Just ask the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team, who fought for equal pay for years. In 2022, they just won a $24 million lawsuit. This is a, a huge win for, for all women. Hopefully this will be a day we look back on and, and say that's the moment that everything changed. That was Megan Rapinoe, by the way. <laughs> Even with Title IX in place, there are still loopholes. What is changing, though, is people are paying attention to athletes like me people like Dominic Dawes and Simone Biles. What changes we want to see and what is worth fighting for isn't always gold and shiny. It's being treated as equals on and off the court. I just love that video and the representation of two different types of athletes in two different times because um, with the 
increase of exposure on social media. Um, that's why I found Sedona. But I remember growing up in the 90s and watching The Magnificent Seven and loving everything about what was happening for them, how I looked up to them and then had the opportunity to play golf in college. And so while Title IX is not over yet, there's still we've done a 50-year fight and we're still here to fight longer um, to get equality for women in education. Um, no discrimination via sex. Um, in education and athletics. And I'm just proud of us for continuing to fight um, small and big battles. So I hope you guys love this episode. I will put everything up into the show notes so you guys can see what I saw and what was recorded in the video. So I hope you guys have an amazing week. I will be at gal camp on Friday. So there will be a surprise live episode. I'm hoping by the end of the weekend. So I hope you guys have an amazing, an amazing week and Please keep supporting women in athletics and education. Um, two very great things I hold dear to my heart. So hope you guys have a great week and I will talk to you later. Love ya. All right, babes. I cannot thank you enough for tuning in to today's episode of the Babe AF Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Jess, and I'm so thankful that we are building this community together of badass bitches that are loving what is happening here. So if today's episode resonated with you, please be sure, be sure to share. Remember, easier said than done, right? Um, like, share, comment, rate, subscribe, review, all of the good stuff. Um, and please feel free to follow me on socials at the babe AF pod. That's literally anywhere you're on social media. I'm there too. Trust me. I'm like the cutest neighbor. You never know you needed. I have lots of snacks. Come on over. Um, but if you'd like to have an interview collab or anything of the like, please feel free to email me at the babe AF pod at gmail.com. And if you are living under a rock, the new babe AF launch of merch is up. It's active. I'm excited. Please keep in mind all items are custom and are taking about two weeks right now for me to get my shit together and get it out to you. So you can find more information about the first merch drop at tinyurl.com slash thebabeafpod. And I'm so excited for you guys to wear and share and love and gift all the good stuff that's up there. Um, And I cannot wait to see you guys back next time. I hope you have a great day. I love you so much. And don't forget that it's cool to do whatever sprinkles your cupcake. When you cannot figure it out, it is best to dance it out. And don't forget to spread confidence like confetti because if you have it, somebody else needs it too, girl. Talk to you soon. Love ya.